Welcome to the breakdown today. I'm Mark Riley and I'm joined by Benjamin Geary and we are here to talk about our upcoming game between Ireland and Japan in the rugby and all things related to the Ireland team selection and the Autumn Nation series. Ben, how are we keeping? Not too bad, Mark. How are we getting on? Good, good. Um, it's exciting. I'm excited for this because I think we're in a we're in a period where no one really knows what to expect, to be honest. And uh, I think it's going to be it's an exciting game because people, I think, may underestimate how good Japan are, especially after Absolutely. our last outing. So, yeah, what's your views on it? What first and foremost, I'll just ask you this because this is the elephant in the room with everything regarding Ireland. Jonathan Sexton. Do you think he's the man who should be there, and do you think we should be building around him, or what's your what's your stance on it? Oh, God, Mark, that's that's a pretty loaded question to throw at me straight away. We have, we have uh, to start off strong. <laughs> yeah, point. You're dead right, though. It, it is the elephant in the room in many regards. Um, like when it comes to Johnny Sexton, I've a lot of mixed mixed emotions and mixed feelings, to be honest. Mm. Um, like when you look at what he's done for Irish rugby he's he was he's been an incredible servant since i think he made his debut was it late late 2000s i can't even think he's just been there so long he's a part of he's a part of the furniture um yeah and without a doubt even coming from a big ron nogara fan without a doubt he he is probably the best out half of the professional era but like when you think when you think that we're a little bit under two years away from next world cup there we go. He he didn't blow me away in the last World Cup in 2019. Um, mm. that, to no fault of his own, but I think that it's a big job taking on to being the starting out half of what we would hope to be a World Cup contender. Um, yep. You know, at, at that age, and I, I, I hate to be cliche pointing out his age and pointing out, you know, how Cliches old he's going to be. Cliches for a reason, though. They're probably true. So exactly, yeah, but I, it, it it worries me because there will come a day when Jonathan Sexton is no longer available for selection for Andy Farrell or whoever it may be, and he needs to be ready for that. You know, he can't be like he can't be struggling for for answers after Johnny goes. He needs to have it locked and ready to go, uh, yeah. whether it's Joey Carberry or whether it's whether it's Ben Healy or whether it's Harry Byrne. But you know, those guys need to be ready and they need to have the game time under their belt. Yeah. Um, but listen, it's 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 still another year and a bit away. A lot can change in in the time remaining. Um, and obviously, the World Cup is something you look to. But even thinking closer, like this weekend against Japan, um, I was frankly a little bit surprised to see Johnny starting. Yeah, against Japan, considering he named Craig Casey and uh, Joey Carberry in July last time they played. Yeah, it's um, like almost like in a respectful way it's almost it feels like we're slightly regressing or going back to almost like a safety net because to me it's like are the other 10 stepping up is the question um like ben healy to me has been absolutely phenomenal every time he's had a chance for monster he's played out of his skin um i and joe carberry is is patchy and I, I, yes that a lot of it is down to injuries and that's you know that happens part and parcel of the game but is it worry? What's more worrying, the fact that we are going with Jonathan Sexton, or the fact that he is arguably still head and shoulders above everyone else? Our best test ten. Um, I would say the latter. If I had to, if I had to bet, I would say the latter. That mm. the fact that nobody can fill the boots is is a little bit worrying. Um, yeah, I agree. Not not that they can't fill the boots. Like they probably 
could, but we just don't really know. Yeah. Um, it, but it is a big job. Like it's it's kind of a vocation in a sense where you're you're not looking for a guy just to fill in for a World Cup or just to kind of come in and and you know start in that position for the tournament and then whatever happens after that is irrelevant. It's literally it if not ten year commitment to this Irish jersey. You know you're going to be starting ten until you just can't anymore. Yeah, which I think is a bit much. I think it's a, a lot to sign up for for any out half. Yeah, um, you know, I'm not sure is that sustainable. Is that is that position that's proposed by Andy Farrell, where he's like, okay, the guy who comes after Sexton is going to be there for the next ten years, the next twelve years, or whatever it may be. Um, I think that's a bit of an interesting, not interesting, but unsustainable. Yeah, um, but that's I kind of I think you've. Hit the nail on the head. I think that's pretty much. I think I think is what a lot of people think. I mean, uh, yeah, I, I think we all want in an ideal world we all want someone to come in, Joe, be mercurial and be on the front foot and be different and take like take like what I find strange actually. Just to pop back to this is, I understand if Jack Carty is not getting a chance. Oh yeah. His last his last outing for Ireland didn't go too well. Um, and actually, was it against Japan? Am I correct in saying that? I could be wrong. I think it could have been against Japan. It was lot. against Japan. I think you're right. Yeah, actually, a while yeah. ago, and he had a bit of a a bit of a letdown, and he just wasn't at it. And I think that's kind of kind of scared his, I suppose, the, the way he's viewed. It's it scared his image mm -hmm. in the Irish camp, and that's why he's not getting a chance. But if you look at him, and I know it's one game, but I think he's been brilliant all season. I think his performance against Carberry head to head in Connacht the Monsters last meeting. I think he was absolutely phenomenal. And I think if you're going with Sexton with age and experience, and I know Sexton is Jonathan Sexton, he's one of one, he's absolutely phenomenal. Naturally. However, yeah. why like what's your views on the Jack Harty situation? Do you think he should have got a chance, or do you think, look, we have to have Sexton in because he's the seasoned vet, and then we have to have youth behind that? Or do you think Carty should have got a spot? Like what 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 do you think? I, I again my feelings have changed towards Jack Carty for a long time. Mm. In in recent weeks, more so since the last World Cup, but like not to say that Jack Carty isn't a great player, he is. Um I think he's the heart and soul of, of Connacht at the moment, and Connacht are a really, really exciting team to watch play. Um yeah. like if I wasn't a Monster fan, I'd be a Connacht fan, you know. I just love watching them play rugby. But I think the interesting thing about it. Like when when the squad was announced and Andy Farrell didn't pick him, I kind of thought, you know what, that's fair enough. Yes, he's playing well, but the team isn't really winning games and he's been given the chance before. And it was kind of shown that he wasn't really able for the step up to international level. Um, and I don't mean to sound harsh in saying that, but it was kind of the harsh reality, really. More well, exactly, yeah. Do you know? And it's it's tough to say, but like it's I mean, if he if the international game wasn't something that he thrived in, you know, maybe he should just focus on the club level. But and then the team was announced and then they played Ulster in, in the Aviva Stadium and they mapped the floor with Ulster, which I really didn't see coming. I don't think um, anybody saw that coming. I, I no, I I'm still I still can't really get over it to be honest. Um but then when you see his performance and you're kind of like he played very well, but he played a week too late. You know, the squad is already announced. Yeah. Do you yeah. know, what can you do? But then Andy Farrell goes and, and calls up his his teammate Mac Hansen, who was is a purely 
form-based selection. And Andy Farrell said, matter of so, days beforehand, selection isn't just about form. Uh, I'm that's that's what's that. so funny about this squad that has been selected. It's it's, it's there's no black or white. It's such a grey area because he says exactly. on one hand a lot of it's form, but that's only partially true because if it was based on form, you cannot deny the fact that Jack Herty has earned a spot. Yeah, However, yeah. we do understand his other side of it. Who's been there? Who's done it? Who's you know who? When it really comes down to crunch time, like say Japan, and this is with no disrespect to Japan, they have come on leaps and bounds and they're really good stylistically attacking actually don't you know easy on the eye they're very easy on the eye to watch as of late brilliant team but we should be beating them. but we should be beating them however yeah. when it comes to new zealand that's when i do lean kind of towards agreeing with andy farrell that you need the guys who are going to step up in crunch time because as we saw new zealand wales last week they're New Zealand weren't even yeah. out of first gear necessarily, and it just and it was tight. I think there was twelve points between the teams. I think it was at the fifty-minute mark or maybe fifty-fifth-minute mark, and just like that, within the space of it was literally a space of eight minutes, two tries, game over. New Zealand will jump yeah. happily, yeah. they put you away with ease. And I just think I can kind of understand. Well, I I think I can kind of understand Farrell's thinking in that department as to we need kind of experience and people who aren't going to shy away when it when it gets down to nitty-gritty of the game so yeah yeah mm. I, it's just it's 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 odd um i suppose who's your for the squad who's your who are you most excited to see who am i most excited you look, to see? You look um, closely, rubbing your hands enthusiastically yeah <laughs> well like you see it's it's funny for me because i'm naturally i'm biased like there's lots of guys who aren't in the squad who i think should be yeah. Um, there's lots of guys who, like, for instance, aren't playing against Japan on Saturday, but I think should be. Um, like just to pause you on that, who do you think should be in the squad? Just give me like one or two names that you thought were massive omissions that you're like, wow. I, yeah, um, I think Jack O'Donoghue is probably the big one that sticks out to me. Um, yeah. For a guy who's so central to Munster's line-out and they're scrum to a degree and just how the forwards run the game in a very forward driven team yeah i think leaving him out is just uh, you I, want I a really good reason to leave him out um i don't think you're alone i think that's a general consensus as well i think, I think there's so a too. lot of people who, who would yeah. agree with that i was watching off the ball this morning and yeah it was uh it was the exact same thing gordon darcy was saying the same thing he was just like he was kind of almost sh shocked he was just like he, he couldn't believe it but yeah, yeah we have to trust this uh, process. I mean, if you if you can justify leaving him out, great. But I I I'm still struggling to see it, or I'm still struggling yeah. to to think of one myself. Um, like even Keelan Doris, no disrespect to him, but like he hasn't played a lot of rugby recently. He's kind of been struggling with a couple of concussions on and off. Um, he's not a he's not a back row that's one hundred percent. He's not flying it at the moment. Mm -hmm. But I think Jack O'Donoghue is, you know. Um, yep. So he, the fact that he's in the team and Jack O'Donoghue isn't, I'm not going to throw around any dirty words and say that he's been, he being Andy Farrell is being biased or whatever to Leinster because I, I don't think that's the case. But Yeah, that's the quote um, we're going to go with now for this interview. Yeah. Farrell is being biased. Yeah. I mean, he could be, you know what? And maybe he's unapologetic about it, but mm. I, I just, I struggle to see it, you know. Um, but even looking more towards this weekend, um, I was really excited to see Simon Zebo. Uh, no sign. That's that's where I that's where I wanted this to go. Like, yeah, yeah I just, really, it's so good to see him back, isn't it? It's just so like, exciting. And I I just struggle to see what his plans are. Like, I would have thought that 
Zebo would have been a big figure in the Japan game and the Argentina game. If mm. he was kind of limited involvements when it came to the New Zealand game, you know, fair enough, whatever. It's, it's, he might, I kind of assume Farrell would go with a predictable team for that anyway. Um, with guys who've been in the Irish setup for the past couple of years, but, um, I was excited to see him and there was no Simon Zebo on the team sheet and I was very upset there half an hour ago when it came out. Um, do you think he's done that because of, well, like he can easily put it down to look, you've been away from the camp for however long you're going to need to kind of be back in, or do you think it's simply he doesn't want to cause tension within the camp with Zebo simply jumping straight back into the starting team and then everyone looking like, well, Andy, I've been here how long (laughs) and I've been working my tail off, and you're just going to throw this fella back in, yeah? So it's a lot of there's a lot of elements to it, so it is. Thing. but maybe maybe you never know maybe he's just taking it easy against japan giving him a rest and then when the kiwis roll in you never know absolutely yeah and and um colleague colleague earlier was saying that the last one of zebo's last games in a green jersey was against new zealand in soldier field when in chicago when, uh, when they beat mm. yeah yeah it was like do you know maybe maybe he's kind of a trump card that he's he's holding on to for another week but uh, it's unlikely though. It is. It's not something I would see happening at this stage. The fact that he's not in the Japan team, you know, or he's yeah. not in the team to face Japan. Um, well, like, how you track it? Do you think his form has been outstanding for months since he's returned, or do you think? Yeah, I think. Uh, like, yeah, I'd see. What's your view on it? Question. Because, yeah, do you think he's been what people thought he would be essentially when he returned? Um. Well, like first five games the urc i don't think he played in all he definitely didn't play in all five i don't think he played in four he might have played in three mm. um sorry now i don't have team sheets off the top of my head i'll probably get in trouble for that but um he played a couple games scored a few tries but he looked like he was kind of getting cold out in the wing a little while um mm. just he kind of only seemed to score when the ball got its way to him there was no real set pieces that he was at the middle of or no you know the game didn't really revolve around him which is fine but um just for a guy with so much skill and so much much talent and him coming back to monster was such a big deal and for them to kind of i mean i don't expect them to put him put him at the middle of it but you don't think um, he's been utilized to the full extent of what he should be because i think there is a coaching problem with monster at the moment that's my, my opinion I don't think they know their best team. I think there's too much chopping and changing. I find this Earl's rotation just it's funny. Yeah. Confounded. Yeah, I'm just kind of I don't I'm really lost on it. I'm not seeing the picture of what they're trying to do or the or the pieces of the jigsaw they're trying to throw together. I just I can't I don't get it. However, yeah. Monster have always been I suppose physical and play you know, play play the game through the forwards and like Joe but I just there's nothing going on in the backs. There's no, there's no, it's there's no, uninspiring it's just, almost. Yeah, it's, it's, and I just think Zebo has fallen, I suppose, Johnny's fallen victim to that. And I just think it's yeah. maybe, look, I, I don't know, maybe his age is his age as well. And maybe he's just there to finish off a nice try every now and then. But I do think yeah. the monster system isn't best suited to him at the moment. I like the one thing I'll say about that is I feel like this start of the season has gone very differently for Johan van Graan. Um, like, I mean, perfect example of it is RG Sneeman just playing 20 minutes and 
getting walking off with the same injury he he spent over a year rehabilitating. Yeah. Um, like you've Chris Farrell out of the picture still with an abdominal injury. Um, you've like the likes of Chris Henry now who's gone to Wasps on loan. Like he's a really exciting player that we just won't get to see now for another while. Um, and he's getting plenty of game time at Wasps. Um, I think Dan Goggin is good, but he's not the kind of 13 that's fitting into the game plan, you know? Um, that's what I find funny. And this is not because uh, I'd be slightly friendly with Dan, but it's not, even necessarily, it's not even necessarily that. I do think Dan is a solid, solid player. And I think he's brilliant. And what he, I think he brings a lot of what Munster actually don't have as well. I think he's immensely physical in yeah. the center field which we need but i do like again it, it goes back when he was he was left out for earls recently it I think was. yeah and i just i'm trying to figure out like the pieces and what the situation is here because do you think and this is not no slighting on you like i think he's an amazing coach mm. not for two seconds am I, am I saying that he's not but i just think this current squad that he has at the moment i think he's kind of fidgeting around a bit and he's trying to figure out what who is who can I trust on a on a weekly basis? I think that's what's going on at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's funny. Like, I think uh, Dan Goggin played one game at twelve, and I was really impressed with him at twelve. I thought he was much better at twelve than he was at thirteen because yeah. the position just suited him better. Like, he's a rock in midfield. Very few players get past him, and yeah. when they do, it's very far and few between, or few and far between. Yeah. Um, but then again, 12 isn't really a jersey he can nail to the mask because Dale End is there, you know? Um, One of the best centres in the world. Probably the best centre in the world, yeah. you know? Um, yeah. And then when Chris Farrell comes back from injury, then he'll kind of just reel back in that 13 jersey, whether he's fit enough or not. He might take a few mm -hmm. games to get back into the swing of things. But um, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of a mind boggler from the monster side of things. And I think we've just justified why uh, Andy Farrell has picked so few monster players because um, we've, like, we've answered our own question really. We've we? answered our own question, yeah, because <laughs> we've like, done the full loop. Yeah, like does he know what he's getting? Um, yeah. Not to say that Leinster are any a prize, you know. They're, I think they they had a very narrow win against Dragons. Not to be bringing up the 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 one poor game they had, even though they the, still the, won the it. I think, yeah, they like they still they should have <laughs> yeah. won well there. Um, but like, listen, it's interesting. Like, I think this weekend will tell a lot. Um, mm. I think the the one name that stuck out to me most on the team sheet was James Lowe. Um, if it was Joe Schmidt, I think, and if it was Joe Schmidt in charge for last year's Six Nations and James Lowe performed the way he did, like he wouldn't even get a look at an Irish jersey. Completely agree. Uh, yeah, I just, I don't know. I, I just like don't think, I, I don't think he's there defensively. That's no, just me. So. Yeah. I hope uh, I'm wrong. You know, I hope I'm really wrong. Course. I hope, I hope he's great. I hope I'm completely wrong. And I hope he strolled to a victory and impressed against New Zealand. But we're just, we're talking what we feel. And I just, I, I fully agree with you. I mean, it just, he hasn't been at that level. Like for Leinster, he's, he's a, like, he's been a monster. Yeah. yeah. But there is a difference and there is a step up. Like we mentioned previously there 20 minutes ago, Jack Carty. There yeah, is that, yeah. that, it's just levels. And like, I'm looking at the team here now. And it's just, yeah, it's, there's some interesting ones. I mean, I, I, I don't know. Just Gibson Park as well. You're gonna have to mention him. Um, yeah. Interesting. Like, what's your, what's your views on that? Jameson Gibson Park. Um, I actually, I, I have a lot of time for him to be honest. I think he moves the ball very well. I think he, 
he's a good snappy scrum half much like Craig Casey as well um, I think he can attack the space really well you're not just looking at a passer you're looking at a guy who can snipe and, and really exploit what bit of space is there um, but at the same time I would like to see Craig Casey you know that's just me being biased I'll be honest about it but um, yeah, no Jameson Gibson Park he's great he'll, he'll make no mistakes on Saturday but mm. um, you know it is what it is you've cursed him now you, you know what in the first five minutes he's going to yeah. do something Really awful now. Yeah. Once he doesn't, <laughs> once he doesn't get injured, that's all that matters. Once yeah, he hurt yeah. Himself, but uh, yeah. But it's a challenge. You like, you know, the kind of game that Japan plays is, is they it's really at the least. I don't. I don't think there's a blade of grass on the pitch that they exactly. don't touch. You know, it's yeah. really high paced. Um. So and I think he'll he'll like that. He'll he'll thrive in that kind of that kind of game. You know. And um, I suppose I'll actually, I'm going to have to pick your brain on that because it would be kind of I suppose rude and blindsided not to. Japan, what what test do you see them bringing? Like Japan, Japan do you see it being the same as the last outing? Um, it's a good question. Or have we learned from our mistakes? I think from the team, the differences between the two teams, the team that Farrell put out in July and the team he's putting out Saturday, are two very different teams. Mm. Um, naturally, they didn't have the Lions players which is fair enough, um, yeah. in July. But even, like, looking at it now, it seems to be a lot more conservative. Like, Bundyaki and Gary Ringrose in the midfield just shows, like, any time Bundyaki is on the midfield, or is starting, rather, it just shows that they're kind of worried about someone coming through the midfield, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. And putting him there is just... He's just a, a bigger guy to kind of get around, you know? Um, yeah. I think Gary Ringrose was very good defensively in the last Six Nations. I think he's um, underappreciated defensively. Sorry? I think he's underappreciated defensively. I think he's absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, he's agree, absolutely yeah. um, I think he's very good. Um, he had a bit of a blunder, not a blunder, but he wasn't quite self against Scotland. I remember that was his one poor game, which was really yeah. out of the blue, to be honest. Um, but listen, he'll be back to his old self Saturday. Um, okay, and he's, he's, Joe, he's not exactly seasoned yet. You know, he's been there, he's been there for a while, but he's not, you know, he's still learning. And I just think he's uh he's potentially a, a big player for us going forward now, to be honest. I think so too, yeah. Um I think if he is fit, you kind of have to pick him, you know. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Obviously, Chris Farrell's great. Do you know there's there's lots of there's lots of great 13s in the country at the moment, but um Guy Ringrose kind of just has that bit of has that bit thing. of everything, you know. Mercurial is versatile, like yeah. he's just is that little bit of dynamism that you need just to take exactly. to do something? If something's tied in the middle of the field, you have that belief that he might break out and just yeah, create yeah. this magic like. Exactly, yeah. And it's yeah, it's it would be really tough seeing him not in a team sheet. Um when he's playing well, you know. I mean, listen, form is temporary and no player is no player graduates from playing bad games, you know. But um I think he's I think having him there is a big sign from Farrell. Having him and Aki in the, in the center is a big sign from Farrell that, you know, they want to limit the Japanese. They don't really want them to play the kind of game they want them to play, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think that's something Farrell got from Joe Schmidt, you know, that some of the best games Joe Schmidt ever coached was because he stopped some of the best teams from doing exactly. he what would, they wanted he to do. Exactly. He would negate their biggest asset. He would exactly, just completely yeah. tear it down, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, like James Lowe, we mentioned before, don't really get that 
Um, interesting pick in the number 14 jersey for Andrew Conway. Um, I yeah. just assumed it was going to be Jordan Lambert, to be honest. But I'm I, glad to see Conway there. So am I, and I agree with it. I fully yeah. agree with it. Jordan Larmer is more talented. That's my opinion. I think he has more talent in Conway, but I think Conway will be a 7 to 8 out of a 10 every time you play him. And he's so yeah. consistent, and he does a job every single time, and you know where you stand with him. Whereas Larmer goes from a, four, a 5 or a 6, maybe a 4 or a 5, to a 9. But you mm. don't know which one you're getting. And I think that's... Yeah. I just think Barrel wants a steady kind of a steady head now just to start off the series i suppose yeah and i think the international game is something that he isn't quite dominating in you know um like he got his first call up because he's playing so well for leinster and he's played well for ireland but like you said he's kind of he can be a bit patchy i've, I've never seen him play awful for ireland i've seen a lot of players play a lot worse but i think when you think of the potential there he's not quite reaching it yeah. um not quite reaching it yet, I must say. You know, he has reached yeah. it in the past and he will reach it again. But uh, but I'm delighted to see Andrew Conway there, to be honest. Um, so am I. So am I. Yeah, um, he can really add a lot. Um, just looking at it here again. So four, Tyg Byrne, five, James Ryan, six, Caelan Norris, as you were mentioning previously, Josh Vanderfleer and Jack Conan. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's an interesting one, to say the least. Like Ian Henderson now, again, that's on the bench. That's I don't know. I find that funny. Um, actually, another one. I wanted to bring up this name because I think we all know how good he has been and how just an incredible player, incredible man. Actually, to be honest, a great leader. But Peter Amani, do you think his his time is like the curtains are closing a bit? Um, curtains are closing. I think that's a bit of a harsh way to put it, but uh... <laughs> yeah, I'm still, I can I can be partial to a bit of a overstatement. Uh, but like curtains closing, you just you know what you just don't know. Like he's the kind of guy, um, where as soon as you think he's he's done, he just turns around and is the best. He's the best back row on the pitch, you know. Um, yep. but then again, like thinking back to the omission of of Jack O'Donoghue, like did he really earn his place in the Ireland squad this time around? No, but you he probably know, has he, from his body of work. Yeah, exactly. Over the yeah, years. Yeah. Trying to say, yeah. Like yeah. guys at that age, like they don't really win they don't really win games with their athleticism as much. They win it with their IQ of the game, you know? Absolutely. Um, and dressing room for a New Zealand game, yeah. he'll absolutely he'll be crucial. Exactly. He sets a tempo, he sets a kind of he he sets a vibe, even though I hate that word in a sporting sense, but he does set a vibe. <laughs> like yeah, you, you um, sound like Ali Gunner Solskjaer now. Like. Yeah, <laughs> you know, but <laughs> like, main vibe. Yeah, that's that's it's it's it is a big deal, and people are kind of like, oh, but sure, you know, if he's if he doesn't play well or X Y Z, but the dynamic within a squad like that is so vast, something mm -hmm. that we'll probably we'll probably never understand because we won't be playing for Ireland anytime soon. But um, and then with that in mind, keeping guys like that in the squad can make a big difference. Um, yeah. But listen, yeah. he could play very well. He could. He could. Like Absolutely. I said, he could be the best back row on the pitch. Um, yeah. Uh, in regards to who's starting with him now in the back row is Josh Vanderfleer and Jack Conan, which is fair enough. I mean, yeah, no arguments there. Like, no, no, not at all. That's why, that's, uh, did you not notice when I was reading out the team? I just kind of I vaguely ran through it. I was like, yeah, that's yeah. fine, that's fine, no problem. Yeah. Um, oh, Vanderfleer's so, phenomenal. 
uh, breakdown uh, in particular, he's savage. Jack Coleman's yeah. probably one of the best ball carriers. He's very Billy Vinopola in his prime mm-hmm. when, it, when he carries the ball, you know. Um, oh, he's, like been been ridiculous. he's been ridiculous for the past yeah. two, three. He's been absolutely, yeah. he's been unplayable, really, to be honest. been absolutely outstanding. Essentially, um, yeah. Like, he's going to We're going to have to bring up the main man. Um, in what has been a turbulent year and a bit, Connor Murray. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so from, from Lions, yeah. Captain Adam Jones gets injured, as most viewers will know if you don't know. Injury. Conor Murray, yeah. name Captain Gatland, names his man. You you are the leader. You take us forward. You're experienced. Let's do it. Then he's dropped. Mm. Now, to deal with such highs and lows within such a condensed period of time is kind of mind-blowing. So I want to know how he's going to recover from that on the international stage. So what do you think? I think, I think it definitely affected him um like i've been following even just talking about warren gatland and his shenanigans like i've been following warren gatland's career since 2013 since the yeah, yeah. Story in 2013 when he dropped brian o'driscoll and yeah yeah i know like i mean he probably made the right decision there and then i still don't think he did but a lot of people yeah. disagree with me yeah. um but i felt like these kind of do you think he paid the price excuse the pun a little bit, a little bit. I think, like, he makes these kind of drastic decisions, and sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. But I feel like in recent years, he's been kind of making a bit too many. Um, and I think, like, to name Murray as the captain and then bring back the original captain, I just, it's really, it it has no good outcome to me, you know? I agree. Particularly yeah. when it comes to the locker rooms and it comes to the... the yeah dynamic within the squad particularly with a squad that are together for such a short space of time and yep. for the other three and two two thirds a year like they're they're trying to kill each other Do you know they hate each other they hate their guts and then they have to come together for a month or two yep. or whatever it is and, and play together and for warren gatlin to throw that kind of politics in on top of it isn't really the smartest thing in my opinion but um but yeah i think murray i think he's i think he's a headstrong guy um, but that would shake any player, you know. Um, I think Brian Driscoll so. was definitely shook when it happened to him. So, and he's one of the probably the best center ever. Yeah, so he's probably yeah. He's, he's, anyone, go. I think everyone. I mean, if, we're all humans at the end of the day. It doesn't matter your status. I mean, you yeah. work so hard for something, and then you get like to be named Lions captain is that's probably the biggest yeah. honor in the game, really. One hundred percent, and that to be kind of snapped away from you in such a fashion whatever about if if the, if the okay so i know there's no iron band in rugby but let's you know, just talking mm-hmm. in a figurative figurative sense of Arkley, yeah so you take the iron band off someone that's fine whatever you know he was the initial captain you give it back to him edelman jones monster and a leader no arguments i think everyone would be like fair enough that's the way the dice rolls however to drop him mm-hmm. now we're bordering humiliation yeah yeah you know, yeah so I, I think I think it's all for me. It's going one or two ways. So it's going. Gatland might have seen something. He was like, Murray's starting to slow down a bit. He's getting a bit pedestrian. Um, too too kick friendly. Maybe just just out of his rhythm. Or Murray's coming back now with a vengeance, and he's going to return to the one of the best nines in the world form. So I think it's, mm-hmm. I think it hangs in the balance quite nicely for Farrell to try and try. I suppose provoke a performance out of Murray and to kind of hopefully Murray can dictate to Farrell to every other nine in the world that no 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 I'm still I'm still well in this game 
Yeah. Uh, do you think he's he's named him on the bench this weekend with a name to start him on when the All Blacks come to town? Personally, yeah. Really, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, to be honest, I don't know. I think Andy Farrell, every time I think I haven't figured out, he just goes and yeah. just does something else. So He's probably probably has a poster of Gatland in his room or something. Yeah, probably, yeah. Um I like I don't know. Um I think I think Murray, like he was so good for a couple of years. I won't even I won't even give you a time now because I think his game developed so well within the provincial level and then within the Irish level or the international mm. level. And then like it was a conversation between him being the best nine in Ireland and then the conversation turned into being the best nine in the world. World yeah. and which is quite a, an organic progression. But now it's kind of it's almost like he has these little episodes of being good yeah. or like you said, you know, sitting on the bench when he was captain a couple of weeks ago, you know. Yeah. Um which which wouldn't exactly help his career and help his confidence. Um but I mean, like it's interesting to see. I think he'll be, you know, champing at the bit this weekend to get a bit of game time. Um, there's a lot of talk within the kind of rugby media at the moment that the Ireland team might be a bit undercooked since the the summer series. Um, that there's a lot of players in the team or in the squad anyway that haven't seen a lot of game time, and whatnot. Um, Murray, his name has been thrown around in reference to that or in regards to that. Yeah. Um, which does worry me a little bit, but I think to to expect him to get back to the form he did when he was, you know, beating the All Blacks and and whatnot, it, mm-hmm. it's a bit lofty, you know. It's a lot yeah. to oh, put on shoulders. Yeah. Um, um I just think in his head it's not. So I think in his no, head, yeah. oh no, 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 I still have a long way to go and I have a lot more to give yeah. and offer. Yeah. So I yeah, I think he's gonna go yeah go go really hard for the series and i just think uh, that's that's the beautiful thing about series leading up to world cups because granted everyone wants to win series i mean it's international rugby there's no joe nobody nobody pulls punches or takes it easy nobody wants to lie down however when it's coming up to world cup there's so many experiments going on there's so many kind of there's just so many plot, plot lines and stories and like side side i suppose side plots that are just so intriguing and yeah. i just think he, he's one of them because if gibson park like you said does show up and does a good job it doesn't matter what we say about murray what where do you go from there yeah um like i think murray i, I just googled it there like murray's murray's 32 um which isn't old mm. uh peter man he's the same age as him johnny sexton's 36 um I'll just have a look at now how old Gibson Park is. Johnny Sexton's just watching highlights of Ronaldo all week and be like, I can do that. <laughs> watching highlights of Tom Brady, man. Draw, yeah, that's the drawn yeah. inspiration. And LeBron James, the three of them. LeBron and oh, the, the, the works. I'd say he's got the playlist down to a T at this stage. <laughs> yeah. um, like Gibson Park is 29, um, which isn't, like it's, that's far from, he's far from the end of his career. Um, Dude, no, that's why I brought up Jack Herty. I don't know, not to go back in it because we've covered it, but it's just, there's a few, yeah. There's, yeah, there's, 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 to me, there's a lack of consistency in the team, if that makes sense, in terms of selection. It's just... Yeah. Um, it's, tr- it's tricky. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I This is, again, going back to, like, I think I have Andy Farrell figured out and then he throws a curveball my way. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But even, like, looking at the team on Saturday, like, you have... There is a blend of young and old. 
Um, yeah. Particularly with the majority of the experience being on the bench, which is kind of interesting, but I don't really know what the, the aim is in that. But at the same time, like you've got a big front row there, like Andrew Porter, Ron Kelleher, Ty Furlong. Like Ty that's Furlong. probably going to be the starting front row going into the World Cup. I think so, yeah. Yeah. Um, like even looking back at the the game against Japan in July, like Japan's pack was heavier. Um, Japan had eight hundred and ninety nine kilos, while Ireland only had eight hundred and seventy three. Oh yeah, which, yeah. Is big, which is a big gap, like yeah. Um, and the scrum was a, a point of interest for for uh, a lot of uh, I don't know scrum specialists because Ireland gave away a couple of penalties, and you know they were kind of driven off the ball a small bit, and instead of I don't know who was playing eight that day. I'm not sure it was Gavin Coombe starting, but uh, there was a I few think, pick and go that were kind yeah. of foiled because the scrum wasn't as solid as it should have been, you know? Yeah. And whatever about that happened against the All Blacks, but to happen against the Japanese after losing to them in the World Cup is... Yeah, a lot oof, of it's, it's a lot to think about, you know? Um, yeah. Me now being, being a rugby head all my life, that's something that really sticks out to me in regards to how the trajectory the Japanese are on, you know? Um, oh absolutely yeah like you can be great like you can have really fast guys who can score into end tries but like you need to have you need to have just your own your own identity your own game plan yeah yeah and, and you need have to that, have they know what like... doing. who which i they know what they're doing i they mean do, like yeah you think a lot of teams when they come up against let's just say new zealand or whoever like south africa perfect example being lions and gatland selection against south africa you yeah. tried to take on south africa at their own game in my yeah. opinion and it petered out you're not going to do it's not going to work in my opinion mm. whereas japanese have never ever looked at any team and deviated from plan a plan a is yeah. we put all in hand we're expensive we're exciting and see if you can stop us yeah yeah you have, to, think, you have to admire that oh absolutely i think that's that's the kind of game that i love to watch you know um, absolutely. i think argentina are capable of doing that as well i think they'll bring very similar challenges in two weeks time um yeah like they're great at shifting up the point of attack they offload they keep the ball moving but then when they do go to a breakdown and there is a tackle in a ruck like their back row is just incredible like their work rate like palo matera the likes of um i'm gonna get his name wrong jack can cut this part out but uh yeah the argentinian back row is just it's it's second to none really when it's when it's on form and when it's working the way it's supposed to work it's really something to to marvel at and something to envy as well a little bit no disrespects to jack conan now and the lads but no um, but it is yeah it's it, it's we will never well never say never but it's it's unlikely that near future we play i would say majorly exciting rugby i just don't see it happening from us anytime soon but we play we play decent rugby mm. it's just never but like so we covered sexton we covered his yeah I suppose his age his injuries his, yeah and in the squad so i suppose just to quickly go to this point is three games so we have japan yeah. we have new zealand and like you just mentioned there we have argentina does he start all three should he no i don't think he should but will he he could you know Probably. andy farrell could pick him maybe not to start every three games but you could see three three appearances from johnny sexton anyway um mm. should he do that i don't know um and like, keep I in think... mind now 
this isn't ne- this isn't just a, like f- like someone who fits a system stylistically and who is a leader. This is a lot like th- th- this man is he's a very fragile man at the moment, and I mean that in the kindest kindest way. But he's had yeah. some he's had some knocks, and it's telling. So if we're building towards him being in the World Cup, which I don't, I, I can't see it. Like I don't. Uh, but how is that going to work? In my opinion, it's just not. So no, that yeah. kind of leaves the question to me: What is the plan going forward with him? And if, if, if in some strange way that that is the plan to integrate him into the next squad, which I can't see. However, if it is, playing him all three games is not the way to do it. No, um, I I would agree with you absolutely. Um, and I think at this stage of the World Cup cycle. Because I think every every time we we get a World Cup, it just seems to be more and more important for the next yeah. one. If that makes any sense, oh, um, like I think at this stage of the World Cup cycle, with just under two years left in a series that doesn't really matter. Like it's entertaining, but there's no trophies. You know, there's no. Yeah. It's not a championship. It's not a. a it's not a World Cup. It's not a. It's it's, it's nothing like that. It's throwing your name into the head, and it's pride, and it's exactly to yeah. Game momentum and confidence. Yeah, and it's it's to play teams that you haven't played or you otherwise wouldn't play until a yeah. World Cup. Um, but I think in a situation like this, Andy Farrell can't be scared to lose games, or he can't be scared to make mistakes. Like if if Ireland lost all three games, but we saw, which hopefully won't happen, but mm. we saw players take on challenges that they otherwise wouldn't take on or, or new players coming in or you know leadership roles being given to players who've never had it before wearing international jerseys um i think that's they're the kind of positives that farrell should look at um he still doesn't answer my emails though he doesn't answer my tweets but, <laughs> you know yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, uh, like i think because even if you look at france like france had a few kind of mediocre years there two, three years ago. Not bad, yeah. but forgettable. No, yeah, yeah, yeah um, very. Yeah. And like when you think of the kind of talent they have now that's so young, but so confident on the international stage, yeah. like, you know, you got to break a few eggs to make an omelette. Like, yeah. you know, even at the moment, and they're still doing it, like even over the Six Nations, Louis Carbonell, who's, I think he's probably third-ish choice fly half, um, which is probably an oversimplification, but um, or oversimplification. Sorry, Jack, you can edit that out. Um, but Louis Carbonell is just a guy who hasn't played well in a French jersey, but his talent at club level is just undeniable. Like he's probably one of the best under twenties players that I'd seen anyway in a long time. Yeah. Um, so he will I'm... be very good for France, you know. But he needs to play a couple of bad games. He needs to make a few mistakes. Um, yeah, growing pains. Exactly, growing pains. Yeah, I think France are France are exciting. France are kind of the next up and coming team. In saying that, though, Joe you know really shocked me, and I don't want to go into another a kind of a long winded segment because we have to cover yeah, obviously New Zealand, and then I just want to talk a little bit about Six Nations going forward. But I just I suppose this ties into it. Eddie Jones has done something that he's never really done. His squad selection was interesting, though. Because he's usually very set in his ways. He doesn't like to. He he's he's and I and I would well. I'm not going to quote accurately, but I'm going to say something similar to what he said. He's never picked based off form in the in the in the Premiership. Yeah. He's You're never right. done. He did say something. Yeah. Something to that. He doesn't, he doesn't believe that. He believes that the levels again, like we were discussing, is 
just two different levels, international rugby and the Premiership, which is fair enough. Domestic rugby might be at that level. Mm-hmm. But this one now, this selection he's made with the England team, he's leaning a lot towards younger guys um, and kind of exciting players. And it's it, Which is form, like, really, isn't it? Exactly. That's what I'm saying. So he's kind of he's kind of against his philosophy slightly, which yeah. I I'm not. I don't like Eddie Jones as a as a. I don't know him as a person, but he doesn't seem like the uh, <laughs> the yeah. nicest of characters. But he's an amazing coach, and if he's yeah. willing to go against, let's say, his philosophy or things he's trusted in in the past, because of where they finished last season, they were fifth, weren't they? I believe in Six Nations. Yep. Pretty sure. Uh, was it fifth was or fifth? Yeah, they could have been fifth. Yeah, they could have been fifth. Actually, then, that's a, that's falling, and I think he's accepted where I put my ego aside. Well, it's hard to put his full ego aside; it wouldn't fit anywhere else but his head. But put sixty percent of his ego aside and go towards a team that look. I'll put my faith in you, but let's see what we can do. Let's go through the gears, like Marcus, Marcus Smith, like someone like that, just someone different, and someone who's going to get people off their seats and might bring something different to England instead of just the classic yeah. teams who are always selected by Eddie Jones. So, yeah, what, what's your view on that? Like, do you think, basically, after my whole ramble there, what I want to ask you is, are they are they a threat going forward in the Six Nations? And do you think Ireland should be leaning towards that philosophy themselves in looking at youth? Um, like, I, I, I always found similarities between like Joe Schmidt and Eddie Jones because Eddie Jones was almost like a guy who regardless of who they were playing not regardless but considering who they were playing he'd have a jigsaw piece a jigsaw puzzle in front of him but the pieces fit Mm. different ways and different combinations and I feel like he sees his team that way as well so he'll look at whoever they're playing like this weekend they're playing Tonga um he sees that it's it's going to be a big physical game but you know, tactically and, and fundamentally, they'll they'll probably outsmart them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think in regards to Eddie Jones, like he can, like like Joe Schmidt, he's very good at making sure other teams that they play against can't play the game they want. And in on the flip side, the other side of that coin is that he'll wrestle the game into a way that his players will thrive into. If that makes any sense. Yeah, absolutely. So, like even when you when you looked at them beat New Zealand in in um in the World Cup, like New Zealand just couldn't get anything going. Like they just it, it was almost like you just took the batteries out of them. Like you just yeah. it, it was it was just redundant. And then slowly by capitalizing on their mistakes and whatnot and holding on to the ball and you know, taking your chances, kind of taking the chances when you get them when they're good enough, um, just get points on the board and 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 win. Um, just grind down the clock almost. Yeah. Um, but I think I think Eddie Jones is he he picked a smart team, you know. Like I think it would have been foolish of him to bring up players that aren't necessarily the best in the Premiership because the Premiership is really comp- uh, competitive. Like there's a lot of great players. You could probably pick two or three England teams out of the talent yeah. that's there. Hundred um, percent. Yeah. But I think it's really good to see like Manu Tulagi back in in the mix. He's starting twelve. Um, Owen Farrell starting 10, which is weird because I thought he'd give Market Smith the go. Market yep. Smith, the the I just think up. it's a step up because that's what I was mentioning. Even the fact that Marcus Smith is finally in it, I just think is a step up. I don't think I, I don't I don't yeah. see it in Eddie Jones to 
take away Farrell just yet? No, no, I don't think so. He's captain, you know. You're not going to drop your captain. No. Like Warren I'm... Gatlin might drop him, but, but Eddie Jones wouldn't. Um, like, yeah, it's 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 a really physical team. It's just big, you know. Like Tom Curry playing eight. Um, Courtney Law is playing six. Sam Hunterhill playing seven. Like, that back row is scary. Awesome. Like, yeah. uh, like, that's terrifying. Um, I would have thought the likes of... Um, Sam Simmons, I think he might be injured at the moment now. That's, that's, that's the first name that came to my head. Yeah, I, maybe I should have done better research. He could be injured or he could be in the squad and just not selected. But, um, like I feel like a, a run out against Tonga would have been something he would have really, really looked to Sam Simmons to, to yeah. facilitate, you know. Yeah, um, but yeah, I'm excited to watch this England team to be honest. It's so like, I've been a Tulagi fan since I was a kid, I think he's yeah. just the best center he's so dominant like things that other players do well he does another 100 times better um yeah. but i'm really excited to see him back now um like ben young's another scrum half who's kind of getting up there but but fits the bill mm-hmm. um himself and Owen farley have played together for years uh even i think they played together under 19s under 20s um adam radwan who's on the the wing starting 14 like again, just a, a kind of a form pick, like a guy who absolutely yeah probably had. I think I think he's a cap already, but you know, very very scarce. Yeah, yeah. Not, has never been a staple in the English team. Um, yeah. but he'll be interesting to watch. But yeah, Johnny May uh, as well, of course. But Johnny May is phenomenal. He's just again, yeah. he's just reliable. Um, so before we move away from Japan, prediction time, my friend. Oh right, scores scores or just not even necessarily a score ireland by five ireland by ten what what do you think i think like considering the last game mm-hmm. like what did they what did they win by last year was it seven or was it eight yeah, was it, it was something like 32 39 39 yeah 31 um, 39 yeah yeah i see it see it'd be more of the same like the fact that both teams got into the 30s in scoring is just phenomenal like yeah we'll talk about getting your money's worth for your ticket um <laughs> yeah. but prediction wise i'm gonna go i'm gonna go ireland by seven i think um but i'd say it'll be kind of like i 32, think 32 39 kind of job you know okay it'll be a high scoring uh, game but ireland win by by a try i think I'm actually going to go the complete opposite because I think Farrell doesn't want a repeat of the last. I think he wants a tight defence. Yeah. I think he yeah. wants to shut them out. I think he wants to make a statement that, look, if we score 15 points, if we put 18 on the board or whatever it is, I don't really care. I just don't want G racking up 30 or 20 or, yeah. or 15 plus. I, I think he wants a shutout. Whether he achieves it or not is another story, but I'm actually going to go... I'm going to go Ireland by... I'm going to go Ireland by 10 or 13. Okay, yeah. I'm confident. Just, I am confident. I think they're going to do I think Ireland put on a, a display. Now, this has come back in my face, knowing me, you know. By, uh, by <laughs> I was about to say, I, I was going to change my mind because, like, the team sheet just, it strengthens your argument way more than it strengthens mine. Because... I'm just looking at it here, and I just think he's going to want to shut him out. I think he's going, to, he's going to go physical. Um, like, the fact that Johnny Sexton's yeah. there, he's going to be looking at the posts, you know. It's just going exactly. to be any penalty is going to be kickable. Yeah. Any kickable yeah. penalty is going to be kicked. 
Um, Bondiaki and Gary Ringrose in the midfield. You know, Andrew Conway is very strong defensively. James Lowe hopefully will be very strong defensively. You know, he's going to limit their options. The only question mark, really, I have defensively. Yeah. Um, yeah. James Lowe. I hope I'm wrong, but. But um. Yeah. Okay. So I'll go. I'll go. Do you know what? I'll just go. I'll go Ireland by. I'll go Ireland by ten. And um. Okay. Yeah, I'll go Ireland by ten. Um, so that will uh, that will uh, that will cover our podcast for this week. Um, myself, um, Mark Roddy and Ben Geary here from Sport and Limerick with the breakdown, and hopefully Ireland can get it done with a positive performance, and we can look forward to New Zealand with a bit more confidence than we did today. So, uh, yeah, next week join us again, folks. Uh, thanks to anyone tuning in, uh, whether you're watching or listening to us, really appreciate it. And next week, we will have a review heading into New Zealand, where it'll be a much bigger test. But that's not downplaying the test that's ahead of us this weekend in Ireland, Japan, at the Aviva. So until then, folks, thank you very much, and have a good week.